we were we were focusing on becoming a process dependent people enhanced organization so we want the processes to run and flow well and we want to take exceptional people and make those processes even better and so when we when we look at our core values one of the things that our COO Rex Easter had, had really talked to me about not long ago is I was about to make a decision and I was adamant, hey, I feel really good about this decision. And he said, well, have you run it through all seven core values? All seven? No, it meets like most of them. He said, why, why are you making a decision that doesn't meet all seven of the core values? And just to recap, you know, our seven core values of great IT are gold, the golden rule, relationships, excellence, accountability, teamwork, intelligence, and trust. When he said, make sure they meet all seven, I mean, just one of those being missing can make it a really bad decision. And so that is what we really do to help rise everybody in this organization up. When you are going through your day, when you're interacting with a client, when you're interacting with your teammate, when you're making decisions, are they meeting all seven core values? And if not, we've got a problem. We've got to fix it. Hey, it's Jeff Diverter, and welcome back to Clown Talk, where we strive to help decode the ever-changing world of technology and to help you apply it to your businesses so that hopefully you'll have one more tool in your arsenal to improve your businesses and those around you. Now, in today's episode, we take a little different tack in considering how to advance our careers and our businesses through the use of technology and consider the purpose that can drive us. You see, winning at all costs, well, sometimes it's not winning at all. And what you'll hear from my guest, Ted Clauser, is that it took a pretty serious bout of depression for him to get the vision to figure out how to best grow his people and thereby grow his business. The line between application and infrastructure is virtually invisible in these modern apps. The kind of thing that a global computing fabric with immense resilience and scale can deliver without even breaking a sweat. That's really what the promise of the cloud's always been. It's all focused on the business objectives. That's where we craft the plan. In the tech world, we like to celebrate the lone genius, but I'm just going to tell you right now, they're just the convenient face as founders to focus on. Welcome to Cloud Talk. Here's your host, Jeff Diverter. Well, if you have a business in the North, in the Arkansas area or Nashville or in that general section of the U.S., then uh, you and you've got a, and you've got computers. Now, what businesses don't? You may be familiar with a company called. PCA Technology Solutions. It's my great pleasure today to have the president and CEO of that organization, Ted Clauser, with me today. Ted, welcome to the Cloud Talk. Hey, thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. I'm so glad you're here. Now, we go way back, like minutes and minutes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So so I stumbled across you on LinkedIn and started following you earlier this year. And uh, and and there was a phrase that you use a lot. Now, I'm not going to say it quite yet because I'd love for you to maybe tell the story because, as you were saying just a bit ago, you know, you went through some challenges, some personal challenges, and about 18 months into that, uh, you had an interesting conversation with your wife that kind of led to this. So maybe maybe we could start with that story, and then we'll rewind the clock a little bit and and, and get some history. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. So I did definitely go through some very challenging times. Um, you know, really put me in a state of depression for about eighteen months. I mean, we're talking about you know days where I didn't want to get out of bed. I would end up in a bathtub by the afternoon. I mean, it's 
it's just true depression. And it really opened me up to those that have to deal with it because I've never, never struggled with it before. And about 18 months towards the end, my wife and I were talking and she was a trooper through the whole process. And she just said to me, um, what's the worst that could happen? And so I told her, I said, well, this and this and this and this. And she said, okay, then what? I said, well, then definitely this and this and this and this. And she said, okay, what next? I go, well, I don't know. And so it, through that process, she really talked to me about the fact that, well, the best way to get out of this hole that you're in is to take it day by day. So really, I came up with uh, the slogan, go win the day. And uh, we do have a, a interview series called Win the Minute, Win the Day with Ted Clouser. And it really was almost self-healing for myself. I had to begin to think about taking it day by day to overcome this hole that I had gotten in. The problem, the problem really was I was fearful. I was thinking about things weeks, months, and even years into the future. A lot of what ifs, and it just crippled me. And so moving to a daily thought process changed all of it for me. Right. That's amazing. Uh, not to say that, you know, long-term vision is, is, uh, is a bad thing, but uh, not being paralyzed by the what-ifs of the future. Absolutely. I think vision is important, and I learned that through the process. In order for our organization to move where it is that, that we were supposed to head, yeah. I needed to be that vision caster. But what I was worried about were the intricacies of trying to accomplish that vision instead of just making it a direction. Right. So I had left Rackspace for a little while. When I came back, I, a friend of mine had posted something on the internet and I had, I, I don't tend to not print memes, but I printed one and wow. these two gritty hands holding, you know, kind of grabbing uh, a tool and it said success is, uh, is never owned. It's rented and the rent is due every single day. Oh, I love it. I know. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Well, well, tell me a little bit about PCA. You know, you've, uh, you're, you're running the shop now, but it wasn't always so. Absolutely. So PCA was formerly called PC Assistance and started back in 1994 as a software training company founded by a gentleman named Ben Thomas. Uh, in 1996, I moved from uh, Dairy Farm in central Pennsylvania down to Little Rock, Arkansas at the age of 18 and started with PC Assistance. Um, and over the course of the next five years, I was about employee number five, but somewhere around 2000 or 2001, I was moved into the executive vice president role and stayed there as we grew the company until ultimately uh, my wife and I purchased it in January of 2018. And I became president and CEO, of which I am today. Excellent. And, and we rebranded to PCA Technology Solutions uh, in 2019 to really redefine who we were. Right. We were more than just a computer uh, service company, but we also wanted to keep our roots. And mm -hmm. so many of our clients already referred to us as PCA. So it just made sense. Yeah, that does make sense. So technology solutions, these are some words that we're very familiar with you know, in and around Rackspace and the listeners are super familiar with. But but tell me about the types of solutions that, that PCA is, is helping with. Yes, we have four main legs that we stand on. One is cybersecurity. Uh, which we all know in today's a little world. opportunity for that in the world. A right little, yeah. Yeah. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. And then our traditional managed services, which really is outsourced service desk, uh, management of infrastructure and what many small and medium businesses rely on us uh, for as the core of who we've been. We also have voice over IP, which mm -hmm. is uh, you know, a growing part of our company. And then lastly, a part that really we believe strongly in is the education piece. Okay. Because at the end of the day, 70 or more percent of ransomware infections typically come from the user clicking on something that they shouldn't. 
So from an education perspective, we want to continue to raise awareness. Mm -hmm. We want everyone to recognize it's not just the rack spaces of the world, the huge companies, but it's everybody that is susceptible. That's right, and uh, and 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 even the big companies are susceptible. Well, as that's well. true too, and, no uh, doubt. So, so there's really a lot of areas I want to poke around that. But, but one of the things I was thinking about as I, you know, I found you on LinkedIn. I started to watch. It really seems like. Um, you know, you, you've got vision for tech, you've got vision for, for running the company, what you want the company to be. Uh, but you really seem to lead with purpose in what you do. Um, but what, what does that mean to you leading with purpose? Well, uh, Jeff, I'm a believer. So my purpose starts with, uh, you know, being focused on what the Lord tells me to do. And so where I really, um, try to lead with my purpose is, you know, our, our, organization is focused on seven core values. It's called great IT and each have a a position they stand for. Well, the G is the golden rule. And so that's a biblical principle that talks about treating others as we would want to be treated. So everything that I'm doing, I am trying to focus on where God would lead us. And so PCA is an organization where I make it clear that I'm a man of faith. You don't have to be a Christian to work here, but what you do have to recognize is that I am someone who is prayerfully considering each and every decision that we make. And so I've been married. I'm coming up on 23 years. I've got two children that are, uh, you know, one's just turned 21 and one's about to turn 18 this year. And I focused on teaching them alongside with my wife that God has a path for you already. And so what we're trying to do every day is say, keep me on this path. Let me, let me stay, um, in connection with you and really, you know, the decision-making, the purpose that I have is I'm really just trying to make those decisions that I think God wants me to make. Well, that makes perfect sense. So, so how do you, um, you mentioned that not everybody needs to be a believer who works in the organization and, you know, making that clear from the onset, you know, certainly helps to, uh, uh, to set the right expectations for folks and they know where you're coming from as well. But, uh, but maybe as we talk about, you know, leading with purpose, um, as you're making decisions and, and the big things are coming along, obviously the big boulders you know, become these big monumentous things. Do we open an office here? Do we get right. into this new service line? Um, how do we treat this customer who maybe is, is, is we've had a poor service experience with? I mean, that, that right. kind of fits into all of those things. But, but how do you lead individuals through those moments? How do you train them? Just like you said, as you talk to your kids, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying our employees are childish, but there's a way of leading employees that does have a direct parallel to how we might, you know, take our kids from point A to, to point B. So how does that fit into the, into the, the milestones in the organization, be it the meeting, the, the emails from a, on a daily basis to the, the company meetings and so forth? Well, that's a great question, Jeff. I mean, first, we're a grace-led organization, so we are going to to default on the side of grace. Now, sometimes that's a challenge because just as with raising children, which there are a lot of similarities, we have to balance grace and truth and love and accountability and all of these things that ultimately put us in a position where we're trying to uh, stand firm on what we do. So that's you know, as we're leading our personnel, as we're interacting with personnel, everybody here knows they're going to get grace, but we also can't give continuous grace on things that we're not making progress on. Because just as Jesus showed grace, there still were expectations and there were guidelines that we had to follow. So for us, it's it's real simple. I mean, we, 
we want to make sure that our teammates know that the minute they don't have fun here anymore or they dread coming to their job, we need to have conversations about an exit strategy um, because I don't want people here that don't want to be here. And what we then have to do is we have to create a culture of in- inclusivity, of grace, of love, of all the fruits of the spirit. And then we want to make sure that our teammates have fun in the process. Well, that's that's a, a great plan. So let's pivot just a tad uh, back over to the win the day. Yeah. So, so, uh, before we, we talk about leading in that area, how do you win the day? What What is the strategy you put in place to uh, to make sure that when you know you head home and the head hits the pillow that you've accomplished what what was set out for you to do? You know, it's interesting, Jeff. I've been I've been doing this now. We're we're coming up on season three, so a little bit over a year. Um, and I've never once thought how I would answer those questions. So I watched you, a few and I heard you ask the questions and I thought, I'm going to throw them right back at <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. I've not thought about my own answers, so I'm going to go off the cuff. You know, um, for me, I am very fortunate to have a wife that has uh, just allowed me to blossom. Really, you know, I firmly believe behind any successful man, there is an incredible woman. And I've got to give my wife credit for keeping me in check because I have a semi-addictive personality. I could very easily be a workaholic. I can't even do fantasy football because I wake up Tuesday mornings at 2 a.m. to deal with waivers. And it's just how I'm wired. Yep. And so she has acknowledged that and she has helped me recognize as I was raising children to make sure that I uh, take those significant times and those moments and I'm there. And even though for most of my career, I worked 60 to 80, hour, 60 to 80 hours a week, both of my kids will say, well, dad, I don't even know what you do. You rarely work. And it really was about, I worked early in the mornings. I was always uh, available for games. I didn't miss games. And we actually, through my wife's uh, encouragement, implemented a no phone zone from 530 at night until 815 at night. Now there's times I've failed. I've actually put things, my phone is actually in a do not disturb mode during that time. Now it just makes it a little bit easier, but those things, she helped me recognize that that two hours and 45 minutes, I can do more. I can make more progress in my relationships with my kids than I can if I was spending 10 hours a day distracted. So, you know, as far as ending a successful day, that's what I've done most of my life. Now that we're about to be empty nesters, you know, I would say that uh, I certainly like to enjoy a good glass of wine uh, out on the back deck with my wife and just really talk about what the day looked like. Right. Yeah, it can certainly relate to the challenges to two boys as well and uh, and raising those and, you know, especially with the way the devices Mm. impede everything. And then with the pressures of the day or the next day, I came up with a a two word phrase that that I would would whisper to myself. And that was just be here. Yes, here. Absolutely. Uh, And then and it's everything, the sights, the sounds, the 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 relationship. I was talking to this was a couple of years ago now. Uh, a friend here in San Antonio, a business owner, uh, an electrical and plumbing company, very successful in San Antonio. And, um, and, and we were talking one day and he says he was giving encouragement to me in this, in the same way. He gave an example. He was at home and his, and his kid came home and started using some foul language that wasn't necessarily allowed. And the reaction, the gut reaction was he was ready to unhinge. Of course. Yeah. But then he, he stopped for a minute, just prayerful about it, and and thought, "This is way out of character. Mm-hmm. Be here. There's something beneath the surface." And and there was a real big challenge with a teacher that really wasn't trusting him, and he hadn't done anything to earn that distrust, and it really rattled him. And the way that that ex- 
came out was 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 through that that kind of you know that outburst um but you know making sure that you're there to witness and and not just have a reaction but to have a a thoughtful response to to the situation and that applies not just at home but at work as well all the more so in a lot of cases well, yeah, no, I was absolutely thinking about that same comparison from a work perspective. But, you know, in that scenario where that that gentleman responded that way, think of the the uh, relationship uh-huh. growth that occurred versus the alternative. And sure, he might he might, you know, uh, get an immediate response or a solution, but it's not really the long term foundational right. that he would want. You might get compliance, but you will not get relationship. That's exactly right. And, and so it's the same, I think, with your team. Um, you know, I'm sure you experience it well in your career. So listening and taking an opportunity to say, okay, this is out of character. Is there something going on in your life? Um, you know, the, the value that I think we have as a, as a faith organization too, is to not be afraid to say, you know what, do I have an opportunity? I'd love to pray for you. Mm. Um, and if they're not comfortable, fine, I'll do it on my own. But right. I think praying together with people is a way to build it. Same with your kids. Right. So, so, you know, even for folks, you know, who may not be, you know, believers or have a different faith that they follow, you know, the, what I think we're showing here is that caring about the individual and what's happening right. in their life is really what is, uh, what, what, what creates teams, what builds family, even inside of organizations, even large ones like Rackspace. I mean, I think about some of the hardest stuff that we've gone through here makes the closest relationships provided you're in it with them. Uh, go ahead. And, you know, we've talked a lot about LinkedIn, but part of what I put in my bio that I that I do, uh, work hard to represent is that people are my passion and technology is my platform. So I happen to understand technology. I've been successful here. But at the end of the day, people are what matter. And so as a believer, again, the two greatest commandments are love God and love others. And so if I am not loving people, then I don't care how successful I am. I'm not going to build the legacy that I want. Well, and, you know, from the Christian perspective, there aren't many things that will last forever. And it certainly isn't PCA Technologies. That's but right. Absolutely. is the people who, who you come in contact with. Exactly. And what a great platform, too, not just with employees, but with the, uh, the customers that you come in contact with. Um, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how um, the values that PCA stands for has made a difference in organizations that you get to serve. Yeah, so we talked earlier about vision. And so ironically, when when we purchased the company, we were a 24-year-old company at that point, but we did not have a vision, mission, or core values. And so we brought in a business consultant to really um, help us prepare to take things to the next level. And that's the first question I got. And I said, well, what do you mean? I just, uh, just take care of clients. He's like, no, that's not a vision, mission, and core values. And so we put time and energy into developing the vision, mission, and core values. And what I didn't recognize was how transformative that would be, that everyone now talks often about our core values and they know our vision. They understand how we're trying to get there, as opposed to, you know, unfortunately, one of the things that I learned the hard way is I had built an organization that was too centered around what Ted said. And guess what? That You can't grow uh, past a certain point when that's the way you're running things. So, um, you know, part of what put me in that state that we talked about earlier in that state of depression was recognizing that when I moved into the president and CEO role, everything changed. 
and I wasn't ready for it. And so I had built an unhealthy identity, I guess, per se, to, to PCA at the time. And all of that changed. And I've been very fortunate through the grace of God that we were able to rebuild in a much stronger and healthier manner, really in a way where I didn't, I could walk away and the organization can still function. And it just wasn't that way originally. So, so what kind of strategies do you put in place to help build, build people and to build the right leaders uh, and grow them up inside of your organization? Because I I had a chance to talk to a a Rackspace customer earlier today, really big customer, financial Mm -hmm. organization in Canada. And, uh, and I was talking, I had uh, the CIO and a bunch of his um, uh, folks who report to him. And, uh, and he was talking about how he has built up his team. And he said, I've been, I've done a great job building this team up. I've got some of the smartest people. In fact, I haven't made a technology decision in six years. Wow. And for an organization of that size, I was like, hats off to that guy for, for what right. he was able to accomplish. Absolutely. That's a lot of trust. It is a lot of trust. Well, and part of it is that we want to, we were, we were focusing on becoming a process dependent people enhanced organization. So we want the processes to run and flow well, and we want to take exceptional people and make those processes even better. And so when we, when we look at our core values, one of the things that our COO Rex Easter had had really talked to me about not long ago is I was about to make a decision and I was adamant, Hey, I feel really good about this decision. And he said, well, have you run it through all seven core values? Ooh. All seven? No. It means like most of them. He said, why, why are you making a decision that doesn't meet all seven of the core values? And just to recap, you know, our seven core values of great IT are gold, the golden rule, right. relationships, excellence, accountability, teamwork, intelligence, and trust. And so when he said, make sure they meet all seven I mean, just one of those being missing can make it a really bad decision. If I'm making a decision that's not excellent, it's going to be a problem. Or if I make a decision where we're not going to be accountable, it's a problem. And so that is what we really do to help rise everybody in this organization up. When you are going through your day, when you're interacting with a client, when you're interacting with your teammate, when you're making decisions, are they meeting all seven core values? Right. And if not, we've got a problem. We've got to fix it. What a, um, what a teaching opportunity as well, because you have set this expectation from a goals. We uh, this came up in a meeting earlier today as well, but that was, you know, there's the acronym SMART goals is specific, measurable, yes. actionable, realistic, which is my favorite one, um, yes. because I set way too many unrealistic goals for myself. But, <laughs> um, but to then have that to go back as a constant that everyone gets measured by. And that's what I think a lot of organizations lack. And that's Absolutely. what creates ambiguity in growth. That's right. And we lacked it through our growth. You know, we were able to get to a certain point, but we weren't going to get to the next level until we really put them down on paper. We wrote them on our walls. Everybody has the cards. It's on our website. I mean, we know what we stand on. Right. Well, that's a good thing. You're giving yourself grace and not have had it. And now you've got it as well. That's right. Uh, All right. So, um, in fact, uh, you mentioned Rex. That was one of the episodes that I had watched and really enjoyed his story of getting stranded on an island overnight. uh, (laughs) Uh, curious, but the other thing caught my attention, you know, as we share personal information, but he mentioned he's an Eagle Scout from Troop 59. My son just got his Eagle Scout from Troop 59 in San Antonio. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. I know. Weird I love it. Well, I can tell you what, I was not a Boy Scout myself, but the, an Eagle Scout is a fine individual. Yeah. So that says a lot. He's a good kid. A he's a good, my mini is leaving to go to school. So I'll, I'll, uh, 
see what happens. <laughs> well, it sounds like he'll be prepared. Speaking right? of, be prepared. Hey, <laughs> uh, so, so be prepared. Let's talk tech for a second. You're, um, you've got to watch the trends, uh, in what's sure. happening. Obviously you, you've, you've, um, grabbed on to what's happening in cybersecurity and the challenges that exist there. The threats are bigger than they've ever been. They are relentless. Um, you know, first, let's just start with cyber. So, you know, what I know what drove you there. It was great opportunity and companies needed first. So we <laughs> right. don't have to go there. But uh, but what advice do you have for companies when you're when you're, you're you and your team are talking to them in, in and around cyber? Well, so so I would hate to over hashtag, but the truth is I, I'm a big believer of hashtags. And so we have one at PCA that's hashtag the threats are real. Mm-hmm. And so what we're trying to do through that is to recognize that everyone is susceptible. Um, as a represent, representative of an organization, what I click on matters. Where I go on the internet matters. And that is from top to bottom and bottom to top. And so what we do with our clients and really within the community is we work diligently to raise awareness. We want people, and, and, and I don't like to say it's the fear factor, but we do want to raise that uh, recognition that every single person could be could be hit, and it's not just about ransomware, although that certainly is is all over the press. But wire fraud, where you're uh, you're sending to someone's bank account that is not who they say they are, or email compromises, where you're communicating with someone who isn't who they say they are, or even just that old go buy me you know fifty gift cards. Those are all threats, and those are all real dollars that are lost. And they happen. It's, it's dollars, it's reputation, both personal Absolutely. and professional. And it happens all day, all night, right. all everything. I just got an email from, from our own HR team a week and a half, two weeks ago now, telling me that I, uh, that they noticed that I had filed for unemployment. Mm, yeah, that's a new one. Yeah. Guess, who, had no, guess who was still employed? Uh, right. <laughs> because that's what they said. We see that you're still on the payroll. So here's, here's what you need to go do. <laughs> And right. it, including talk, talking to the police. I mean, because it's right. real identity theft that's that's in most. That's right. Luckily, I've got all the things you know, to help protect against that that stuff. But you know, I still had to contact the state, you know, attorney mm-hmm. uh, and all that stuff. But um, it's happening all the time, even when it's not something you're clicking on. They just find you. That's right. We yes, and, and that's, that's unfortunately the world that we live in. And so, what we want to do is provide a resource for people and for organizations, so that you're not in that alone. Um, and so we pride ourselves on really saying, okay, we, we don't want people to be afraid to report when things happen. If you clicked on something, you shouldn't tell someone and tell them quickly, um, because the faster you act, typically the better off that you are. That's right. Our, our CEO has a, um, uh, has a, a saying that he likes to do, and that is bad news is not like wine. It does not get better with time. <laughs> yeah, that only, is true. Only gets worse. Only That's gets a great worse. thing. I might have to use that one. Uh, so um, you mentioned before, we've talked a lot about, you know, technology platform or uh, uh, people are your, I got it wrong. What is it? Technology is your people platform. Are people are your passion. Right, we platform. talked a lot about the people. So what <laughs> tech are you excited about? What what gets Ted uh, excited when you when you look at that? If you still mm, Well, yeah. You know, I'm still a big believer. I grew up in the Jetson era, so I'm still hoping for the flying cars. (laughs) I've seen a little bit of that. I know that's a a tech that's probably outside of the realm of what, um, you know, we experience with on a daily basis. But I I get excited to see technology do things that 
you think are impossible. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the days of Dick Tracy and watching things on your watch, those are real. That's those really now. happen now. Or here we are uh, talking um, around the world to each other. Yeah. These things didn't exist 20 and 30 years ago. So, you know, things like artificial intelligence, as we really ramp up AI and automation to do things that just were impossible before, that's what excites me. Right. The, uh, the, in a sense, the art of the possible. You know, there's nothing good that's really come out of COVID, but that has been an interesting catalyst to looking to technology to solve problems. Because right. we've had a majority of everything. I mean, everything we have today, we had a year and a half ago, effectively. Mm-hmm. It's, it's new. That's right. Here. Um, but we didn't use the half of it. But right. we were forced to use to use. Mm-hmm. The thing. I've used the example in a couple of different scenarios. Even today, um, there is a, a friend was telling me about a, a restaurant, a Vietnamese restaurant in, outside of, of Dallas and um, small family, first first generation immigrants who run this thing. COVID comes along, no in-person dining. They thought their their business was done for. But along comes Uber Eats and all the other delivery things. Uh-huh. And, and their comment is they may never go back to in-person dining because they're making three times what they were. They found right. a way to use technology to solve the problem. And that's one of the things that I get excited about technology is now is, is seeing how it can impact people's lives. And more and more it's happening in both a personal as well as a professional fashion. Well, absolutely. And just like you said, Jeff, it was here. It just wasn't accepted. Um, and it's interesting – I have never liked to talk on the phone. And usually I find myself talking on the phone. I'm having to pace. I'm walking back and forth. And what what moving to video allowed me to do is it I couldn't focus on the phone. And so now I will take a video call any day over a phone call because I'm more engaged. I'm able to see expression. I won't be sidetracked. And I actually am able to focus. So it was there, but I wasn't going to ask somebody to do a video call prior to COVID. Now I'll do it all day long. Hey, can we set up a Teams call and have a conversation? That's right. So, you know, going into it, you know, nobody except, you know, people who work in IT would even think about a video call. And and when it all started, I mean, I'm sure you had it as well. Family members, friends. How do we do a Zoom call? How do we do a Teams call? How do, Let's have exactly. a prep before. We, and now we have family, you know, Teams calls. And, and, yeah. and, and well, and, and, you know, I think out of convenience and efficiency, I'm all for it. But. Um, prior to COVID, I was teaching middle schoolers about cybersecurity and technology, and I was doing it in person. And when COVID um, came, I think the last week or two I did in video, and it certainly wasn't the same. But but uh, fast forward to this spring, I did the same class, and it was 100% virtual. I did not personally like it. It wasn't the same experience at all. It was okay, um, but not great. And so, again, you know, I, I would much rather have an in-person conversation but if I can't, I can't. And so now we've got the technology to still allow it to happen. We can at least do, do uh, go this way. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, I think that's really exciting to see what it's doing. Now, the other part is as the world you know, starts to open up, you know, Delta variant aside, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how things kind of go back to, we'll never go back, but what right. we actually go forward to and how it becomes more as opposed to the only thing we have to use to talk to one another, but how it augments that situation. Uh, it'll be interesting, I think, over the next six to 12 months to see how we how we even out. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I don't know how much you've uh, really kept up with Clubhouse, but but that was oh, yeah. an audio app that really took off dur- during COVID and is starting to really waver out now as the world's starting to open back up. But but what a great platform, at least during that 
time frame to really connect people that needed that that wanted and needed to be connected. I know it because you know as individuals we were created for connectedness, and so when Absolutely. we take and we we all go home, you know you can't get the connection. And so That's when right. I first heard about Clubhouse, I thought, what is the point? I'd rather have a podcast or something I can listen to on my schedule. But the dynamic nature of the conversation, um, because it is a live conversation that you can participate in depending on the size of the room, I, I think you're right. It really did um, solve a need, fill a need that that society had. Right. Well, we're wired for community. 100% we are. That's how we're designed. That's right. Ted, thanks so much for taking time to uh, to be a part of, of uh, this episode. Very different from other ones, but I, I, I think it's awesome. Uh, and I think leading with purpose and the purpose you have is fantastic. Uh, I love the, the win the day. Win the minute, win the day. It's been rattling around in my head since I found you. And, uh, and I tell you, it, not in a good way some points because I may be coasting in an afternoon and all of a sudden you're Ted in my head going, what <laughs> And and it's like, great, I guess I got to get back to work. (laughs) I love it, Jeff. Well, thank you for reaching out. It really has been a great conversation. I'm honored to be a part of your show. This has been Cloud Talk. You can find Cloud Talk wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And be sure to check out more content from Rackspace Solve at solve.rackspace.com. We'll win the minute and win the day. What a great way to keep you on task and focused in accomplishing your goals. Now, if you're listening to this podcast as a subscriber to the Cloud Talk program, well, thank you so much for that. But if that's the case, well, then you're missing out on some great additional content over at the Solve website. Just head over to rackspace.com solve and click on the Cloud Talk podcast. There's some great additional information and content over there, and it's all free. Thanks to our good friends and supporters of the program, Dell Technologies. So until next time, remember this, technology doesn't change companies, but it's the combination of people and their processes, and yes, little technology sprinkled in there that defines and creates our business's futures. Hey, if you want to get in contact with us here at Cloud Talk, well, just send an email to cloudtalk at rackspace.com. All right, everyone, I'm Jeff Diverter, your host here at Cloud Talk. Now go win the day.